So the craziest events are starting to happen as we approach the day that we're leaving for Shaco Canyon. And it turns out to be the day of the resurrection. And that's bizarre enough in itself, and we never even knew that until the day arrived. But also, we found that it was like five minutes to closing time when we were out about getting the last of our provisions before our journey. And we find that the right rear tire in our car was half the pressure that it should be. I think it was like 19 PSI. So the game is on and the, the drama is, is starting to unfold. And here we are sitting in discount tire. We were preparing to leave for Shaco Canyon and it's like as if some forces were starting to mess with us. And one of the tires in our vehicle was like 19 PSI and was we couldn't have gone across those desert roads into Shaco Canyon the way it was. And it was Saturday and everything is closed at five o'clock. And these guys at Discount Tire stayed back to help us and get our car back on the road again. So it's an interesting drama that's unfolding. And it was a screw that was in the tire. So it's like as if something was trying to screw with us. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. When we got back and were planning out the journey, for some strange and bizarre reason, an email popped in to my inbox all about the Lirans. And that was bizarre. I opened it and it turns out to be the history of the Liran Wars and the reason why Lirans are here on Earth right now. And I put two and two together and found that that's where the Native Americans talk about emerging into the fifth world. And of course, the fifth world being the fifth dimension of Tara, where Angel Rose and I were married in Ireland. And this fifth dimensional avert is Tara and is connected with Atlantis and Lemuria. So there's a lot of stuff going on here that's way beyond our understanding right now. We're just stitching it together. We're trying our best to make sense of it all. But there's no doubt that whatever's going on is very, very important and is critical at this life juncture of ours. So it's an adventure, but it has its tinge of warning about it, which is the strangest thing. In other words, we have to be protected. We have to be prepared and we're going into it with our eyes open, but at the same time, we're going into it not knowing the enormity of what awaits us. So we ask that you stand by with us, you pray for us and with us, and that we don't fail in this mission of forgiveness and resurrection. And Hannah and I are on our way to Shaco Canyon, New Mexico. Only because I think I'm interested in old ruins and I thought it might be interesting. And I find myself being kind of ironically obsessed with it. It was stuck in my mind and stuck in my mind and I had this anger in me about it. Every time I think of it, I got angry and I wasn't sure why I was angry. So it evolved to the point where I was just thinking about it all the time and couldn't remember 
why I was angry or what I could be upset about about the place and was upset that I didn't have any memory, couldn't locate a memory. Nobody seemed to have any notions of why I'd be so obsessed with the place. And uh, Hannah wasn't that into it either at first. He, he wasn't driven to be there. So we've arrived. We went through the orientation, which is a, the typical tourist spin on things. We've seen that at various sacred sites that we've been to. And while it all may be true in terms of the people who lived here and what they've been able to understand about those people from an archaeological and architectural point of view, I feel that there's something missing. I really feel that there's far more to this place than what meets the eye. And I think the Native American peoples recognize it, but they verbalize it by saying that there is this is the place that they emerged from or that this is the center of their origins. Now, we don't get too much more than that, but in sitting here and even before we've done any exploration around the place, we haven't yet gone to any of the Kivas or Pueblo Bonita, or we haven't gone around the 17 mile uh, circular road. We've done nothing yet, but the first impression that's coming to me and is coming to me very strong is that it's the exploration in ourselves about the previous history, previous to the, these particular buildings. It's the ancient history that I think is more important for us to understand. And I'm finding initially, and this could change, but the initial downstepping that I found is that there was genetic experimentation that went on here. Now, that may, in these days, have a negative intonation, uh, especially when we talk about viruses and and uh, manipulating DNA and RNA and all that kind of thing. But no, I'm talking about the likes of dinosaurs and duckbill platypus and the creation of various kinds of um, animals and birds and reptiles that were not on the planet before and that the genetics of those may have been brought here. Now, I still have to finalize that and I still have to verify that in myself. And I think we should do a quantum jump to find out if that indeed is true or not. But that's what's coming to me right now, that this place, that it's the place that has the energetic support for that kind of creation physics to happen. Right, and then I came across an article by Luna Joy, and uh, what attracted me to it is she was talking about how when she visited Chaco Canyon, she ex expected to feel all this energy and that she felt nothing, and the elders start telling her that they'd locked down the place, and they'd locked it down to protect humanity from the upcoming dark age that we were going to enter into at that time. Uh, because Shaco Canyon was a place, very powerful place of instant manifestation. And they didn't want people coming there whose hearts weren't pure and who still had a lot of negative thoughts because they didn't want that manifesting right away. So they said that they wiped the memory of Shaco and they closed it down, locked it down energetically. But there would come a time in the future when it was to be reactivated and 
And she was saying how it started in 1930, slowly, and then again in 1950s, and then in the 1990s. And she called it a full-blown activation now, although I don't think it's fully activated. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. So as Angel Rose and I work our way around this Chaco Canyon area, there's more information that's coming and Angel Rose will have her piece to add soon enough. But right now, what's coming to me is that when an engineer is asked to build a road, there's no road that's there already. So they would probably go out on a horse or a carriage or some way to cross that virgin ground and decide whether the road should turn left here or avoid that obstacle there or go around that mountain or whatever it would need to do. But basically they would go in advance to map out what is the best route to take and what's the best place to position things. And very much like these days now when when NASA and the likes talk about going to the moon or Mars or wherever, they'll send a rover first because there's no way that a single person can just walk around and say, hey, look, build the road this way or here's the best landing place. So in that way, Shaco Canyon to me is like one of those first landing places for the Lyrans who came in and said uh, they may have actually landed somewhere else but reasonably close by I would imagine perhaps four corners but this location here was where they mapped out would be energetically a very suitable place to do what they wanted to do which was to colonize earth and in that colonization they needed diversity and this is where they would have set up their various biological experiments to to procreate life on this planet that's what's coming down to me very strong right now so let's let it unfold and see what else happens the experimentation that took place here obviously squashed our memories too. It's why so many of us don't remember our extraterrestrial origins. And that memory was lost to us. And in visiting a place like this, it can start to come back. And that's what I believe is happening on a collective level and on a global level and on a universal level. The memory is starting to come back of our divinity and of our origins. amount of destruction of these buildings right here. It appears to me to be intentional in the sense that it was far bigger than somebody just deciding to take the roof off a house or just abandoning it to the elements because there's so much of the structure still remaining. But the amount of fallout on the ground and, and all around the area is too much to consider that it might be just people taking the stones and throwing them onto the ground. I think there's far more happened here than what we're being told. And, and I mean recent, I'm flipping back between ancient times and recent times. And something relatively recent happened here. And I mean, I mean 
be a great flood or something, but there was some destruction that happened here. And you can see it from the way that these walls have been distorted. And some of them... For people that built such exquisite and architecturally beautiful and aligned buildings, you've got these distortions that don't make sense. Especially when you consider that other parts of these buildings are so perfectly aligned. Interesting piece because it brought in a whole other aspect of of the place for me. You know, a higher something bigger going on that had to do with the earth and the cycles and the future. You know, and she talked about the fact that they knew in the, in the future that it would it would come alive again when the time was right and humanity was ready for it. So that was interesting, and then um, I started to think, oh, this is getting much bigger than I thought. There's a reason why I'm obsessed with it. Um, and then I pulled some cards on it, remember, huh? And I pulled on about 10 major arcana in a row. It started with the Empress and went on with the star and continued with the world. I kept pulling the world no matter how many times I asked about Shaco, even yesterday I asked again and I'd get the world which we know in the tarot is an ascension card and so I really thought well well all these major arcana I better pay attention to something so it started to unfold and there were a lot of cups in there and there was a lot of happiness and two of cups three of cups nine of cups king of cups uh, just a just a lot of joy Joy and abundance, I think, is what I was getting. I just got back from the first stop on the circular route called Ungo Pavi, it's called. And coming from Ireland and having lived through the troubles at the time, I recognize bomb damage when I see it. And this to me looked reminiscent of bomb damage. It's, a woman was trying to persuade me up there that she was told that the people just abandoned it and that th this is all just weather damage. Now, what I saw up there is not weather damage. There was clearly uh, parts of the building were pushed out and, and the piles of rubble is beyond something that a, a, a people might decide to take the roof off a place and just throw it to the side. It's far more than that. There's, uh, there's damage here that looks like it is caused by something other than just people. And it certainly is not um, vandalism. It's far more than that. And in the, in the tarot deck I have with the two of cups, there's a lintel above the t couple, and the lintel has a lion carved in it, which was interesting. So I definitely felt we were being guided to this for some reason, and after Ahano had his quantum jump, he realized he was part of it too, which I had asked, which I had said to Source earlier in my own mind that if he's part of it, he'll discover it somehow, you know, which he did. He discovered it. So that made him very willing. He was willing to take me anyway, but that made him, you know, knowing that we had to go there. We had something to do and we had to go there whole area is Hubgate 7. 
So it includes where we live too, it includes Thumbview, it includes this whole area that we're traveling to now. And so we thought that was interesting. And a lot of stuff we've seen about Shaco is that it's considered a center. Yeah. And then how, as in the history of Ireland, there used to be the four provinces and the center was Ishnach where the high kings were crowned. But then because of an event that happened, it became necessary to form a fifth province. And that fifth province was centered on Tara. And why that's significant is because we, we realized that we're now talking about the fifth dimensional aspect of Earth, which is Tara. And that Tara connected to us because we were married on the hill of Tara. Spirit told us that that's where we should get married. And I remember at the time thinking, really? Because so many people went up there and did their own little rituals up there that I thought it was kind of a mishmash of energies. But it said, no, the hill of Tara these Native American tribes, the Hopi and the Navajo, Navajo and, the Zuni. and the Zuni emerged out of this place, out of the earth, to be in this particular place. Right. Yeah, this was the center of their world as far as they were concerned. When I would think of Shaco Canyon, I remember saying to Hano, I wonder if there's tunnels underneath there. And sure enough, this thing we were listening to last night when they were talking about the tunnels that possibly connect to the Grand Canyon, the tunnels in the Grand Canyon which nobody completely understands who was there and why there are these tunnels underground, but beautiful tunnels, you know, ones that were used some sort of mineral to make the walls look like starry, like the cosmos. So that was just another kind of a confirmation and a piece that this is a special place and those Indians consider it a special place. Shaco Canyon displays... Uh, the elements of the six-pointed star. In other words, you have north, south, east, west, but then you have up, down. And that was very important to them. They were they were recognized the polar opposites of the these uh, polar points, and that it was important to pull all of those back to a center point to achieve balance. And why that's important is because there are six points in the Merkaba, and the Merkaba is a travel vehicle and when the question came up about how did these original people get here and where did they go it's very likely that they were familiar with the Merkaba vehicle as a means of travel and that has its own significance and its own avenues to, for us to pursue but the six-pointed star is very important because it makes that connection also with the Star of David Right, and apparently there's a kiva in one of the pueblos up here that has um, that is a Merkaba shape, you know, the way it's configured. So I don't know which one that is, but hopefully we'll find out at the visitor center. And then um, Ahana was arranging some sort of a thing for our phone so we could download music. And uh, this old email came up from 2020 in the process. And it turned out that it was all about the origin of creation and Illyrians, which was just crazy because it went into great detail, you know, back from Kelantic science about the wars, the Illyrian wars in heaven and the compromise in the fall and Tara. Tara and just stuff that were the other pieces that we didn't have that we have now. And so 
we're understanding now that this job we're about to embark on is um, hopefully a reversal of the the black hole matrix and bringing the ascension codes there again and waking the place up and whatever we're guided to do because I'm aware that you know in the past there were dark forces that compromised humanity we're not foolish enough to think that oh that's nothing we so far we feel very guided and synchronistic about these things showing up and giving us the information to the degree of letting us know what's actually involved with this inherent in the human DNA is the memory of our origins and it's like everybody has the capacity to help forgive and resolve the issues that happened in the ancient past as well as the recent past but by shutting off that memory in the DNA it's like they can't contribute to the resurrection or the ascension of themselves or this planet. So that kind of catches us up to right now today except that I personally have been going through interesting purges the past few days not sleeping well I'm a little bit anxious but very happy on the other hand. Yeah, there is a few final things that I want to say, and that is about the synchronicities. We've mentioned a number of them, but there's a lot more that can be forgotten very easily. They seem small, but they all add up. And that is that from time to time, we will see that we're traveling at 55 miles an hour, and the time is 5.55, and we'd have... 55 miles to go to our destination or it might be the time is 11 11 and there's 11 miles to go and we're on route 11 and uh, constant synchronicities like this that there's too many of them to dismiss but because we see them so often also we don't necessarily always record them all the time but in terms of the big picture of our journey they fit in very neatly to I think encourage us or to nudge us that what we're doing is right and that we have the support of the angelic realm, we have the support of nature in doing what we're doing. And also this is the first time in my life where I feel that this is why I came here, that this is my contract, this is what I came to do and it feels very joyous to me.
Pueblo del Arroyo and we put the water down in the centre right beside on the walls of one of the kivas and the intention was that we would find out the origin story. Now not the origin of the kivas, not the origin of the buildings, we're talking about the origin going way back. Why, why life was seeded in this particular place and what that whole story was about. And clearly I got a square and I thought perhaps it was about the square windows because there's a lot of square windows in this whole place. And I thought maybe it's something to do with that. And then I was just reminded of the story that we saw on YouTube where they talked about not only was there the four directions, meaning the square, but also that this place was aware of the fact that there was an up-down. In other words, it became the six-pointed star and the Merkaba. Shaco Canyon and the result has been astoundingly successful and what I mean by that is there is peace in the world in our hearts. Perhaps in the outside it has yet to manifest in all its manifestations but the fact is that we were born with peace in our hearts. We were not born with original sin. We were not born with strife and conflict and difficulty and murder in our hearts. No, we were born with the God self in ourselves, in our hearts. And that's what's coming back rapido. It is coming back so fast we could feel it 
in Shackle Canyon. We could feel that it was seeking nothing from us and we were seeking nothing from it, that there was a center point, that there was a balance, that there was a beauty, that there was a wonder, that there was a love that was just there and that we felt and that that is available to everybody when we come to that center place. There's no room for conflict in a loving heart. There's no room for conflict in our world, actually. We manifest it out of that sense of separation. We feel that we have to compete. We feel we have to strive. We feel we have to struggle. And that is not the case because these lives are finished. The conflict is over. And it reminds me in a way and coming full circle when I mentioned about Tipperary, how I was born in Tipperary and the story of the two kings coming to the well, the meaning of Tipperary being the well of the two kings. And they recognized each king on either side, recognized that conflict was futile because they weren't serving their people by being in conflict, that they all had common needs, the need for water, need for food, and the need for peace and they reconciled right there and then and came to peace themselves and their people. And in that way, we're recognizing that the days of conflict are over, the days of separation are over, and that we're coming back together to drink from the same well and to be at peace with each other. And that is a most beautiful feeling. It's a most wonderful settled feeling. It's a feeling of joy and happiness and wonder and, and, and forgiveness. And that's where we have come full circle because we set out with forgiveness in our hearts and we set out to forgive all those who we have perceived ourselves to be in conflict with and to forgive ourselves for having gone there into conflict. And we ask the forgiveness of those who perceived that they were in conflict with us or that we caused the conflict in the beginning. And none of it is true. There is no conflict. There is only peace. There's only one heart in the center of our bodies, in the center of our world, in the center of our universe, in the center of all creation. There is only a loving heart, a loving God. And that's what we've come to. And that's where we're at right now. And that's what we're imbibing in and enjoying in and emanating and living in and loving in. That's the message from Shackle Canyon. It's the message from Angel Rose and Ahanu. And blessings and have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful life and live in love and peace. You have been listening to Angel Rose and Ahanu on World of Empowerment Radio, your station for practical spirituality in a changing world.